Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. We are continuing to talk about how to get our heart from defilement. And uh, so we, the last time we talked about guarding our heart against the, our own wickedness, because the Bible tells us that the heart of man are exceedingly wicked. And sometimes we are not aware we don't know what's inside until we are being pressurized, until we go through uh, trials and difficulties. That's the time it really shows. But this evening, we want to talk about guarding our heart uh, from wrong inference from people we, we love, people who are close to us. You know, the, the Proverbs tell us to Guard our heart above all else. And uh, by being fixing our eyes, focusing on the way we should go. And we know those ways because we know this is what God wants. But sometimes people who are close to us, people who may have contributed uh, to our life and we really appreciate them, and sometimes because of that kind of relationship, sometimes out of uh, protection for us, out of care for us, out of love for us, they may say things that is motivated by their own, uh, this human flesh and uh, emotion. And sometimes those... Uh, Words are actually not from God and it can be used by Satan to stumble us, to cause us to move away from God's plan and purpose. We see this in the life of Jesus, in the life of Peter, when Jesus begins to talk about going to Jerusalem to suffer, to die on the cross, and uh, on the third day be raised again to life. But Peter, out of his love for Jesus as a disciple, he begins to rebuild Jesus. He begins to uh, tell Jesus that he should never walk this path. And in Matthew 16, Verse 22, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concern of God, but merely human concern. So here you are people who are well-intentioned, people who really love us, want to protect us. And because of that concern, rather than thinking about what is God doing, what is God's purpose, they become a stumbling block to us. And I'm sure Peter would be so shocked when Jesus responded to him by saying, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. 
So never in the world would Peter thought that this is the voice of Satan. This is what Satan is doing, using him to stumble Jesus. I think Peter would never do that. Would never allow him himself to be used by Satan in that way. But because of his concern for human things rather than the things of God, so sometimes well-intentioned, well-intentioned people, people who are, are close to us, they mean well, but it end up that what they have said is uh, not from the Lord and in fact is instigated by Satan. So I hope this example in the life of Peter and, and Jesus will be a warning to us so that we will guard our heart against wrong influence on people uh, we love. And sometimes so difficult, right, isn't it? Because these people are so close to us, they are so good to us, they are part of our life to be able to discern that this is not from uh, uh, the Lord. And in fact, what they say has a lot of human wisdom behind it. It sounds good to the natural person, but Jesus was alert. Jesus was able to quickly uh, snuff out this kind of uh, temptation or this kind of enticement to, to live uh, the, the way of suffering, the way of difficulties, way of pain uh, for an easier path. So we need to be on the alert. We need to be uh, able to discern what are the messages that comes into our life, especially to people who cares about us. And the other example that we see in the Bible is provocation from disgruntled people who are close to us. You know, we've got to watch out, let's say, our loved ones when their spirit is not right. When their heart is disgruntled, they are maybe angry, they may felt that they are unjustly uh, treated, or maybe they, they speak for you. They felt that you are un unjustly treated. So be careful about people whose heart has already been defiled, and you know it. And so we must be able to... Uh, to discern when they speak the kind of, the kind of uh, advice they say, we've got to be able to really uh, commit ourselves to the ways of God and not be distracted by these people. We see in the life of Job and his wife, we know the story of Job and the painful experiences that this couple has gone through. So because of those experiences, Job's wife was really bitter and angry towards God. And in Job 2, verse 9 and 10, his wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. 
But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never any bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. So here you are, husband and wife. And uh, you couldn't have any closer relationship than this one. But she was bitter. She was angry. And uh, so out of that defilement in her heart, she asked Job to leave God, to curse God and die because of what they were going through. And uh, she provoked Job to, to do what is uh, against uh, their usual belief and uh, uh, their commitment to God. So thank God that Job was godly enough to put a stop to it and rebuke his wife and correct uh, her. So we got to be careful about people who are so, so close to us and, uh, and not fall into that emotional snare because we are close to them so we somehow blur out what is right, what is wrong and uh, we allow this close one to influence us so that we, our hearts are defiled too and we depart from the ways of the law. And now we want to look at guarding ourselves against people who do not have the higher truth. You know, there are people, as I said, all these people are good people. All these people are people who stand by us, who fight for us, who are committed to us, who love us. And there are people, these kind of people, they do not understand the higher truth. They have a measure of, of understanding of God. And out of their understanding, they begin to give us advice. And we got to be very much on the alert. In other words, we ourselves has got to be totally committed to the truth, to the ways of God. Otherwise, during this time, we will not be able to discern what is right, what is wrong. And here's an example of David. He was being pursued by King Saul. And uh, definitely King Saul was instigated by the evil spirit that is in him and fearing threatened by David, who is chosen by God to be king. And so, in this occasion, King Saul was pursuing David and David was hiding in a cave. And King Saul didn't know and he went in there to relieve himself. So the men that were with David, they are people who are totally committed to David. They are people who are willing to die for David. And there is this situation. So they 
see that this is opportunity for David to defeat his enemy, the one who is pursuing him, King Saul. In 1 Samuel 24, verse 4 to verse 7, the man said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's rope. Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his rope. Verse 6, he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him. For he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuilt his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. So to many of us, spiritual people, I'm sure when we are in that kind of situation, we would think that this is God sent. God sent our enemies to be there right before us for us to do what we want. And this is what the man spoke to David. He said, this is the day. Finally, God is giving, is delivering you out of this trouble. And it's so tempting to believe this truth. Because the situation happened, it seems that way to, to us. And so initially, I think David's heart was moved. And so he cut off a little corner of uh, the rope of King Saul. But after that, David being a man after God's own heart, his conscience was stricken. But the words of those men they say, the Lord has said he will give your enemies into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. I'm sure in the process of running away from King Saul who is trying to kill him, God's word has come and encouraged David and tell David one day God will deliver him from his enemy. But I think the last part was added on by his men. You know, when they say to deal with as you wish. To deal with as you wish. So sometimes people, well-intentioned people, they have a bit of understanding of God's word and they will use the word of God to, to entice you to do what they think is the right thing. But then they will add in their own favor, they will add in their own thinking, their thoughts about it. And this indeed is a very tempting situation. So 
But David, being a man of God, he, he, he did not kill Saul. He could have done it. But he just cut the rope and he was conscience-stricken. And then he said, The law forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him. So David knew who is King Saul, whatever the bad things he has done. Nevertheless, he is the Lord's anointed. So when we follow God, there is a cost. There is the way of the cross that we have to walk in. And David, in this case, he cannot find an easy way and, and, and kill King Saul because he's the Lord's anointed. And so he will have to continue to endure until such time God does what he needed to do. But David would not play God in his walk with God. And uh, for David to be conscience-stricken, it takes a man who is after God's heart to be able to feel that kind of remorse in his emotion, in his conscience. Others of us would not feel that way, right? Because we feel that it's perfectly just, it's perfectly right, it's according to God's word, and God is delivering his enemy into my hand, and this is the opportunity to finish it off. But, God, uh, but David being the man after God's own heart, he knows the ways of God. He knows in a nutshell people will do that. But the higher truth of God is I cannot touch the Lord's anointed. He's the Lord's anointed regardless of what. God has anointed him. And so this is a, the incidence where David could have been misled by people who so love him, who is willing to die for him, and the situation seems so tempting uh, to interpret in the way that they did. But God, David knew the higher truth of God. He's a man after God's own heart. So I hope that we will be people who function at a higher truth and not at the lower level, and we do things which we think is right, but it's not according to God's way and God's higher order. And there are people who interpret the word of God in their own way. And there's a second incident where David could have killed King Saul. And uh, David heard news that King Saul is after him. And then he's camping in this particular place. So David asked some of his general who will go. And so Abisha, Abisha volunteered. So Abisha is a man who is willing to risk his life for David. When he go with David to to 
Look out for King Saul. You are risking your life. But Abishai is willing. So can you see, these are people, good people, people who support us, people who fight and willing to die for us. And uh, in 1 Samuel 26, verse 7, So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abna and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. So can you see, they were around him, they were protecting him, but they fall asleep. And Abishai said to David, verse 8, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. Verse 9. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him or his time will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. So here is another perfect situation that it seems that God is delivering David's enemy into his hand. But David knew the ways of God, the higher ways of the truth. And Abisha interpreted as, you know, God delivering your enemy into your hands. But David knew he mustn't touch the Lord's anointed. Whatever price he need to pay, whatever suffering that he has to go through, he mustn't touch the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. And so David forbid Abishai to do that. And so we, in order for us to be able to discern God's way, our commitment to God, our commitment to the ways of God has to be to the extent that we may even need to suffer and pay a great price. And that's very often what we are not prepared to do. That's when we begin to fight. We begin to stand up. We begin to ask for justice. We begin to, you know, do things regardless of the damages that we are, we are bringing about into our situation. But not so with David. David is so committed to God's way. And he has committed all these things to God that he will not use his own hand to, to judge and to avenge his, his uh, revenge on, on, on his enemy. So David said, the Lord himself will strike him. David knew King Saul is on the run. But unfortunately for many of us, when we know that we are in the right and the other person is in the wrong, there we go. We think we can judge, we think we can execute judgment. 
on the other person. But David, no, not for David. He has already committed the whole situation to God. He will not judge because only God is the rightful judge. And when we do, we may do it wrong. And uh, so God has his way and we are to just commit to him and submit to him in this very difficult situation, dangerous situation, uh, where we may have to pay a great price. So, so David, David is not excusing King Saul, but he's committing the thing to God and allow God to be God, allow God to be the judge. He said the Lord himself will strike him because he's the Lord's anointed, he's the Lord's servant. And then there are, there are different possibilities of what could happen. He said, oh, his time will come. His time will come. So we got to wait for God's time in the way he do things. Sometimes we want to take things in our own hand. We want to uh, rush to get what God has promised, but God has his time. Recently, we heard a message in a conference in KL talking about Jacob. God has chosen Jacob even before he was born. God wanted to bless Jacob. But Jacob could not wait. Even before he was born in a mother's womb, he fought against his brother because he wanted to be the firstborn. He wanted the birthright. He couldn't wait. And he, do it, he wants to do it his way. And then we know later on in his life, he deceived his brother and his father to gain the, the birthright. And he manipulated the brother to, to, to sell him the, the birthright. So Jacob, though called by God, though God wanted to bless him, but he could not wait. He do things his way. And so finally God has to teach him a lesson, God had to wrestle with him until he fully surrendered. And that's when the, the blessing comes. So David here, he, know God's, he, he doesn't know God's time, but he was willing to wait for God's time to come to deal with King Saul so that he will be the next king, so that he will gain the, 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 the promise that God has promised him. And uh, so he said, maybe his time will come or he will go into battle and perish. So there are many possibilities of things that could happen to King Saul, but David will never use his own hand to execute the judgment of God upon King Saul. So here we are, different example in the Old Testament to warn us how we got to protect our own heart from people who are well-intentioned, 
people who love us, people who are willing to die for us. And because of their relationship with us, sometimes they are, and, and their understanding of the ways of God. They mean well. And that's how, they, how much they understand about God's way. And they do not have the higher truth. So we've got to be careful about people who do not really know the Word of God. Because sometimes what they say may not be what God wanted to, to, to say to us. Right? But though they use it, they use God's name. You know, this, is, this day God has delivered you, you know, bring you victory over your enemy. You see, they, they use God's word. And we got to be able to discern with our hearts, you know, this is not from the Lord. This is demonic, even from people we love, people we know. People who serve God. And uh, Satan is there to stumble us. Satan is there to take us away from the right path. So that we can uh, go the ways of, uh, of God. And uh, yeah, so we got to be so committed uh, like Jesus to God's way, to the cross that we're willing to pay the price. Like David, who is a man after God's own heart, he will just do what God wants, even though he may have to pay great price. Men like that, men who know the truth of God's word, who function at a higher level, like David, he will not touch the Lord's anointed. Despite all the fact that he's in the right, despite the fact that he knew what King Saul is doing and so on. But he will commit everything to the Lord and allow the Lord to execute his judgment, allow the Lord to be the rightful judge in all these incidents and not to be guilty in touching or attacking the Lord's anointed even though he's being urged on by the people who love him, people who is near to him. So may we have that kind of discernment and knowledge of God as we walk this life and uh, be able to rightly discern what is the higher ways of God, what is the heart of God, what is the purpose of God so that we would, our hearts would not be defiled by the inference from people we love. So may the Lord uh, bless us and, and, and speak to us through this message. Shall we pray? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will protect our hearts and we will protect our own hearts and rightly discern what is from you and what is not from you. And we know many times because of relationship, because of emotional attachment, well-intention, our love for 
people. Sometimes we are not able to rightly discern what is your truth, what is the right way. We pray, O oh God, that you will help us to be firm, to be so totally committed to your ways, to your words, that we will, we will know your truth, the higher truth, so that we will not be deceived by our own understanding, by deceived by our own ways and allow the enemies to use us to stumble others and we will be able to make the right decision in the way we should go so that your plan and your purpose will be fulfilled in our life in its right time, in its right season. So Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We say, Lord, you be the Lord of our life. We will follow after you, even though it may cost us. Glorify your name in us and through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We can be dismissed.